I want to just share with all of you on what my message is today is called. The title is Could This Be the Christ Part 2? And it has to do with um, the people's understanding of Christ uh, during his last uh, times at the temple, his last days, as it were, um, the way he was when he would go to Jerusalem. And he didn't have but a three, uh, three, three and a half year ministry. So Jesus uh, had a short time to do a great work. And the objective of, of the message that I'm sharing today is that all of us might believe and know that God has sent his son, Jesus, the Jews' Messiah, and our Savior, all of our Savior, Jews' Savior and Gentile Savior, and that we might know that our knowledge of Jesus is what empowers us to live daily. It, were it not for Jesus, I would either be the worst person in the world or I'd just go check out on an island somewhere. You know, I, I would be one of the worst persons or I would be resigned to uh, a lonely lifestyle. We need to understand the Christ-centered life every day. It informs me every day, gives me hope every day. And so it's not like I learned Jesus as it were in an intellectual way, though we do. We do learn, but I don't learn and we don't learn Jesus just intellectually. We learn Jesus from the very heart. There is a reality of Jesus in the heart that you and I sometimes cannot express. When you have gone through stuff, you know, I, most of us who have gone through things when we were going through, I'm thinking all kinds of difficulties, you just name it. And we were going through those difficulties, we wanted God to extricate us from them. You know, it's like, deliver me, you know, that was our cry. We never, I, I would say never in the early days cried, develop me, no. <laughs> you know, get me out of this stuff, get me out. And then you begin to learn as you grow and you grow by God giving you a bit at a time, bit at a time. You realize, wait a minute, this is for my good. Now, I, it may not make sense to you as you're listening and you go, uh-uh, something's wrong with that man, I'm getting out of here. You know, as my wife would sometimes say, take my picture, I'm gone. <laughs> That's the way some of us are. But when you grow, you begin to know. When you grow, you begin to know. And that's what God wants us to do. Let me start in, I'm in John chapter 7. And I want to go back and re reiterate some of the things we said last week. But I want to go back so that you'll catch up. Do you have problems sometimes following me when I jump in the middle of the story? Sometimes. Some people say, no, they don't. Okay, you love the way. Okay, do I have another one over there? No, not, not really. They always mum. They have masks on. Well, in verse 14 of John 7, <clears throat> Christ is reaffirming that his authority is from God the Father. Now, that should also inform us, and we should now say, well, I can do it because I've learned from God the Father through God the Son. I can walk out this life. I can be better at what I'm doing. So the scripture says, now, about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. Um, he went up into the temple 
and he taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, how does this man know letters having never studied? How does this man know what to say? He has never been to school. He's never studied uh, the foremost authorities on the law. How does he know all of this? So Jesus then answered because the, the, there was a buzz going on about Jesus. And when you and I are more Jesus-centered, there will be a buzz going on about us. It, that's just the way it is. Now, some of us, they're already talking about. And uh, some of it is not good. But it, we are good. The talk they have isn't. Jesus said to them, or said, answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine. Now, that should inform every teacher here. My doctrine is not mine. Every, every person who names the name of Jesus. You don't talk from yourself. The devil's issue and problem was he, he made it up. He talked from his own resources. Jesus says this. This is powerful. He says when he speaks, he speaks a lie. Well, how, why do you say that, Jesus? Because he talks from his own stuff. He talks from his own resources. Everything that is not resourced by God is a lie. I didn't hear enough. Yes. I didn't hear enough. Amen. You know, everything that, that, that is not resourced by God is a lie. So why, why do we know Satan is a liar? Because he said something that God didn't say. So God is informing us. You, you know, I know a lot of times when I was in the 70s, those of us who were in the charismatic renewal, you remember, in the 70s, people said, well, you're going to have to stop speaking Christianese to people. And so they meant well. But what they were doing was taking us from our language. You know, when nations of the world would conquer other nations, you know, one of the, one of the things they wanted to do, separate them from their language. Make you, make you talk our language. So now you can't com communicate in private. We know what you're saying. We can stop your, your revolution or whatever. We'll, we'll take your language. And what the devil has been doing for a long time has been trying to take our language. What's wrong with hallelujah? What's wrong with praise the Lord? What's wrong with ah, ah you know? What's wrong, with, what's wrong with those things? Nothing is wrong with those things, but we have become so sophisticated. You know what I'm trying to say. We become so sophisticated. That's why I talk and make up syllables in words. Sometimes just make up some syllables like those people from Alabama and Georgia. I, I, you have to forgive me, sister-in-law. I totally forgot for a minute that I was speaking with somebody later over in Egypt, <laughs> Egypt one time, and they made it wasn't her. They made they made syllables in words. You know, you're like, oh, H's, oh, they go, oh, oh, you know. They just made so, really, that's how we talking this out, some of us. Anyway, I hope I talked my way out of that one. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, just in Alabama. My doctrine, Jesus said, it's not mine, but he is who sent me. It's not mine, it's his who sent me. You can, you can believe it because it is from Yahweh. It is from Jehovah. He says, if anyone wills to do his will, if you have a willing mind to do the will of God, this is, some, this is something that God promises you. He says, he or that person shall know concerning the doctrine whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. So Jesus is saying to those people in this audience, if they willed, if they desired 
to do the will of God, then they would know God would make sure they knew that it, whether it was from him or whether Jesus was speaking on his own accord. And so this is, is, is very, very telling that even in our day, Jesus is saying, if you will to do God's will, he won't let you go astray. That's what Jesus is saying. And you'll know who's telling the truth. Yeah, he won't let you. Remember, Jesus says that if you being evil, being human, <laughs> yeah, born into this world, this fallen world, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does the Father know how to give good, give good, good gifts to those who ask him? How, if, if your child asks you for a, a fish, you would not give them a serpent. If your child asked you for bread, you would not give them a stone or a rock. God said, wait a minute. You know, you, you are from a fallen creation. He says, how much more? And so what he is saying is, is that God will never, ever give you something false. If you ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit, he will give you the Holy Spirit. And so sometimes people say, well, I'm not sure if this is the Holy Spirit. Well, you can be sure because God is watching over you. You can be sure. And so Jesus says you can know the truth from error. Verse 18, he says, he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. Now, that's a satanic thing, isn't it? Because Satan was speaking from himself. Therefore, we know he was seeking his own glory. So these things will so inform you that you can walk in the valley of lies and speak the truth. You can, you can walk where there's lying and dissimulation all around you, and you know the truth. You don't have to say, oh, Lord, there's lies all over. I don't know. No, you can know. Hallelujah. Because actually God makes us and develops us so that we become what we call the antithesis of the lie. The antithesis of the error. That means you're a polar opposites. You're like east and west. Uh, east and west means lies and truth will never meet. That's what that means. And so this is what Jesus is bringing out here in this confrontation uh, with the uh, leaders of the Jews. When the Bible says the Jews, it's not speaking about the Jewish people. It's talking, talking about the leaders of the, of the Jews. Jesus says, but he who seeks his, uh, the glory of the one, capital O-N-E, who sent him is true. Jesus is saying something very powerful here. He says, and no unrighteousness is in him. This is really a proclamation to that group that he is the Messiah. Notice what he says. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. So he is not talking about an earthly entity. He is talking about God and himself. Now, since God then is the one who sent him, we know that everything he says is true. Since God is his father, we know that, that he is righteous. So no, no Jew in that day could call himself righteous except he was um, um, a person who had done what we call works righteousness. He, he was not, as it were, inherently righteous. He was righteous because God says, okay, sacrifice this and do that and don't do that. Okay, I did that, so I'm righteous. But they were always waiting on the truly righteous one who would become sin for us, that we might 
in him become the righteousness of God. And so that's what, what this is all about. Amen. So Jesus made a proclamation. Sometimes people say, well, Jesus never, yes, Jesus did. He told them in plain language, but they weren't listening that he was the father. Now, so Jesus, Jesus's authority is from the father. This is what he's saying. Now, our authority is from the father as well. Or you can safely say, my authority is from Jesus Christ. So I have authority to preach the gospel from Jesus Christ. That's why Paul says to young Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So you, well, I thought if, if it's from God, why do I study? If food is from God, why do you eat? You know, yeah, you, you, you study to show yourself approved. I remember one time, uh, um, I don't want to keep calling these brothers' names, but, uh, but, uh, but we were talking, and I learned this very, very vividly from one of our brothers here, that, that when, when God gives you something to do, uh, he, he wants you to do that. And, uh, and so, because God won't do your part, and you cannot do his and so I, I learned that very, very solidly. God won't do your part, and you can't do his. And so that is what is going on in this context. In verse 25, Christ then begins to tell them in another way that he is from the Father. It says, now some of them from Jerusalem said, is this not he whom they seek to kill? You know, when, it, when the word got out that they were trying to kill Jesus, the leaders, because they were telling me, if you see this man, Jesus, let us know. You know, and, they, and so word got, got out. So people began to buzz and said, uh, is this not he whom they seek to kill? It was known throughout Jerusalem that these Jewish leaders wanted to kill Christ, yet they lied about it. And even today, there are people who are doing that. And we have to be careful as we walk out this Christian life, there are lies everywhere. And some Christians who are bought into the lies are trying to convince us that they're not really lies. This is the dialogue between them and Jesus. There was a, like a dialogue. So Jesus says, uh, ask, did not M Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Jesus is talking. You know one thing I love about Jesus? He would, to use human terms, he's just so smart. To use uh, spiritual terms, he's just so spiritual. He is so wonderful. He is so all-knowing. But in this context, everything that he knows, he learned it. In his humanity, he learned it. That's just... A, I feel like I'm going to cry. I, I, can you imagine being God? And, and you know everything. You're everywhere. You're omniscient, the word. You're omnipresent everywhere. There's nowhere where you're not. And you're omnipotent. And in this divi divinity, this divine place called the Godhead, there are Father, Son, and Spirit. They are there is Father, there is Son, there is Holy Spirit. So there's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit there. And the Father in this context says, I want a Redeemer. 
I want to redeem it to go to the earth, redeem my creation. I wanted to redeem it. He came to save that which was lost. He said, and the son says, the eternal son says, I'll, I'll go. So Paul says this is what happened. He said he was rich. That those are the true riches. He was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you, me, through his poverty might become rich. So, so poverty was this stuff that we fight for and lie for and steal. He said he became poor, put on an earth suit so that you through that poverty might become rich. So it's amazing. And so, so God says, Jesus says, okay, if you go, you have to disrobe. What do you mean, Father? <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> but it's, it allowed me to just have a human conversation. It says, you, you cannot be divine in that regard. You cannot use any of your divine attributes. You have to become a man fully, and I'll teach you everything you need to know, and you'll walk in the knowledge of God as you learn. He said, I'll do it. And so he, he disrobes. He becomes like you and me. becomes a baby born in a stable, feed trough. No, he has to be taught his mom. He has to be washed and bathed. He has to grow up and learn and learn and learn. And perhaps, perhaps when he looked up in the sky, he wondered, seems like I've been there before. But he had to learn about it. And so now he's talking <clears throat> about what he has learned from the Father, not what he knew before he got here. Jesus is just so wonderful. So he's talking about he came to save people and they want to kill him. Isn't it amazing? They want to kill their cure. That's who we are. That's why God has set you apart to be so different. We wanted to kill the cure. That's who humans are. So they lied about it. So Jesus definitely said, why do you seek to kill me? The people answered and said, you have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? They're always deflecting. They knew they were trying to kill him. You have a demon. So when people say, call your names, maybe they have the issue. He says, but look, that this people said, and now the, what I just gave you is a parenthetical uh, explanation of uh, uh, this, uh, verse 25 and above, uh, is this not he whom they seek to kill? So I just gave you a parenthetical understanding of that. Now I want to go to the other side of that. They said, look, um, is this not he whom they seek to kill? But look, he speaks boldly and they say nothing to him. 
Now, the people deduced correctly. They understood correctly. Oh, wait a minute, they're trying to kill this man, but he's speaking boldly. Now, this is informing me that I can speak boldly in this time-space world because of, of what I'm going to share with you in just a second. It says, do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? Do they know? Now, the people were thinking, this is the Christ. We think this is the Christ, but we want our rulers, our people to tell us. We really think God wants us to do this, but we want our pastors, we want our elders to tell us. This is what I say. How, and say, do the, real, do the rulers know? However, we know where this man is from. So then they go back in their, their own humanity. Sometimes when you have a flash of revelation, a flash of light, it's a wonderful thing, but it's a flash. And then if you're not careful, you'll go back into your old humanity, thinking like you used to think before you came to Jesus. And this is what's going on here. He said, we know where this man is from. They didn't really know. They just assumed that they knew. One of the worst things you and I can do is assume we know we don't know. And he said, they assume. He said, but when the Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. That's not true either. Yes, because the prophet Micah told you. Something, let me paraphrase. Oh, Bethlehem Ephrathah uh, of Judah. Huh? You're the least in, in, in Judah. Yeah, you're the least in Judah, but out of you shall come one who will rule uh, my people Israel. That's a little bit of a paraphrase. And so, so they knew that he was coming from Bethlehem. So why were they now, the people started saying something that God didn't say. And so, so I remember, you know, uh, 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 so many stories about people uh, understanding things and they were, as it were, relying on resources that were not accurate, relying on things that were not true. And we are like that too. Some of us don't mind where we eat from. Uh, uh, we don't mind where we drink from. I'm very careful. I don't like to eat anywhere. Just because it has the sign restaurant doesn't mean I'm going to eat in it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you just can't, I can't look in the kitchen and see you cleaning your nose and then not washing and cooking food. No, it's like my, again, like my wife, take my picture. I'm out of there. Are you with me? You know, I'm careful where I drink from. I was in a particular nation many years ago and we were drinking and I drank something and I felt like something went down my throat. Other than, other than the Coca-Cola. And I was talking to this friend of mine. I said, man, I, said, I was drinking a Coke the other day, and I, I thought something went down my throat. He said, probably did. <laughs> he said, I was drinking the other day in a, in a Sprite, and, and I, there was a larva in there. Watch what you drink. But some of us, we believers, we just don't care what we eat or we drink. A num number of years ago, I was working in the oil business, working in the oil business out on my drilling location, and I uh, had, a, had a, a, a mud logger named Les out there. Les was making coffee. You know, you be careful where you eat and drink from. I'm very finicky. I, I, please don't forgive, I mean, forgive me for that. Don't, don't condemn me. But oh, Les was drinking coffee. We hated Les's coffee. We hated it. We didn't want to drink that stuff. We didn't want to hurt his feelings. And so he called out over the intercom, hey, coffee's ready. Come on, everybody. And so, man. 
we, we think, oh, well, we, we, we can't hurt him. He's a good guy. We don't want to hurt him. So we all gathered together. Uh, the, the contractor boss, my, uh, I came over, and the other workers, we came over to get coffee. He had a big pot of coffee, poured us coffee. We looking at each other, and oh, Jesus, help us. You know, I was saying, Jesus, help me. Those guys don't know what they were saying. So we drink, we would drink, we, we, we take a little sip because he wanted us, us to watch him. And, and he said, good, very good. And so we're drinking, drink with a grimace. And everybody would drink, we'd take a couple of little sips. And we, we said, okay, man, we got to go. No, they said, let's stay a little while. So we take another sip. And then we would go so we could pour it out. And so we would walk out. And, and man, when we got out of Les View, we pour that stuff out. And we said, what's wrong with Les's coffee? What's wrong with that? See, this is when you just drink. You're not supposed to just drink any place. You're, you, you, you have a place. God has assigned you the, the, the water of the Holy Spirit. And, and we're out there drinking from others just because they invite us. So I was out there one day, and we got a call over, over the intercom shouting out. This driller says, I found out what's wrong. We've been drinking swamp water. What? Yes, I caught him out there, dipping out of the water we used to drill down into the earth. He was getting it up. We had been drinking swamp water. When you go get your, when you get your water from these worldly sources, it's swamp water. And if you are really a man or woman of God, there's something about it that's distasteful. You may not know what it is, but you need to come to yourself and stop drinking the world's swamp water. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> I'm going to share a little bit more with you. Bill Les was a good man, but he had bad coffee. <laughs> the problem here is that they say we know where this man is from. They did not. Mixed up theology is the problem. And right now, when Christians say and don't do, it means that we have mixed up theology. Don't get angry with me because I found out you've been drinking swamp water. Don't, 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 don't be angry. Mixed up, the folks had mixed up theology. The leaders were serving them something that God had not authorized. This mixed theology, mixed up theology is found in a, a, a later chapter, in John chapter 9, verses 29 and 30. Remember the man who was, who was born blind in John chapter 9? It's one of the greatest stories, and I really implore you, read it out of the uh, Spanish NVI, Nueva Versión Internacional. Read it out of that if you read Spanish. It is one of the most beautiful stories in the Bible. So let's read here. So the, this man has been healed by Jesus. He was born blind, but now he sees. He said, what does that have to do with the day? You will see. He says, um, in, in, in John 9, 29, we read that we know that these people said, we know that God spoke to Moses. They didn't know. They're, they're interrogating the blind man. He now, he's now a seeing man. So we know that God spoke to Moses. They didn't know. Because if they had known, they would have done better. I'm saying to all of us. And then he says, but as for this fellow, speaking of Jesus, we did not know where he is from. They know where he's from. 
The man answered and said to them, why? This is a man just got his sight. Man, man, never studied, never read. You know, didn't have Braille. You know, but he, but he says, man, just got healed. He says, why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from. Man, has, man this man, listen, this man, this man was not trained. This man had one encounter with Jesus. One encounter. Now, these other people are, are teachers of the law, doctors of the law. But man, one encounter with Jesus will change your life. He is now teaching the doctors of the law. Why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from. And now they've taught the crowds to say, we don't know where he's from. They're echoing what their leaders have said. Hallelujah, somebody. I, I told them on the first service, this is a Hakamasee moment. Y'all don't know what a Hakamasee moment is. You don't know what a Hakamasee moment? I grew up in a Pentecostal church. And when, when the pastor preached like that, they say, Hakamasee. Started speaking in tongues, other tongues, you know. And so that's a Hakamasee moment. What am I trying to say to you? I'm, I'm sharing with you some real in, good information, some real good scripture here. This man had one encounter, changed his life forever. He didn't need multiple encounters with God. We have, we have been so inoculated with the world's drunkenness that we need multiple encounters with God to change. Hallelujah, somebody in the house. Why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from. Yet he has opened my eyes, preaching to the preachers. The blind man was not concerned about doctrinal gymnastics, but truth. He received revelation from God through one experience. But through many rituals, religious rituals, they moved further from God, the God they thought they knew, the more they did their religious shenanigans or whatever they were, they were moving further from God. But this man says, look, this is why I know that this man is not from here. I was born blind. I've never seen the light of day. This man came by and anointed my eyes with some mud and told me, Siloam. And so I knew that meant go wash. And so I went to the pool and I, I found my way there and I washed and I, now I see and you don't know where he's from. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. The world is crazy now. The world is drunk on its own madness. And we're saying, help, Lord. The Lord said, I have helped you. I have, I have lifted you up. I've washed you. I have put my spirit in you. I give you my word. And now you, you can have my word every day, multiple times a day. All you have to do is use the Facebook to face me instead of to face each other with controversy. That's always the same. Wow, wow. Now, let, let, let me just say a little bit more. Then Jesus cried out as he taught in the temple saying, see, Jesus wasn't silent. We want silent church. 
When you have a silent auction, you don't want anybody to know what you're bidding. And when you have silent church, that means you don't want anybody to know what you are experiencing with God. You don't want anybody to know how dry you are. You don't want any to be, to be made ashamed. I don't want to go to that church. I, don't even, I even know what that's about. As a young university student, I wanted to take my, my friends to a sophisticated church so they, they wouldn't think I was half nuts. Because in the church, the little assemblies of God that I was going to, I, I, they did everything. And, and even in the Kojic church that I'd gone to, they, you didn't know what they were going to do. They had a lot of hockamacies moments. So I took, I found the assemblies of God, and we started to go over to the little assemblies of God church, and, and I was glad, and, and it, was, it was pretty sophisticated. I'm not putting it down. It was pretty sophisticated. We had a nice little church, and I could bring my friends and introduce them to God and have a nice little church, and God sent a man named Brother Woods in there who didn't know how to dress and had a tie about, about six inches wide, and he was an old, old uh, something like an East Texas Pentecostal, and I can hear him now, hallelujah, you know, and I praise the Lord, and I'm thinking, oh, I got to find another church to bring my friends. But I'm so glad that God embarrassed me out of my embarrassment. I'm so glad. So Jesus cried out. Jesus wasn't at a silent auction. Jesus came to tell everybody about God the Father, and he shouted out, he, he cried out and said, you both know me, and you know where I am from. They were lying when they said, we don't know where this man is from, as many of our leaders are doing today. Church leaders and political leaders are lying and the church is buying it. No, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. And I promise you, remember when Jesus was going into Jerusalem and, and he went into the temple and the children began to praise him and they began to say, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna, Hosanna, save, we pray. And the baby stopped nursing the mom's breast to praise the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. And, 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 and they said, the, 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 the hypocrites said, make them be quiet. You know, whenever people try to silence you, it's because they're trying to hide their own stuff. And he says, make them be quiet. And Jesus says, if, I, if they shut up, if they be quiet, if the rocks are going to cry out. And I'm telling you, saints of God, I believe that we're in that day again. I believe we're in that day again. Hallelujah. Jesus says, I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true. And now Jesus is saying, he told them that, that the one who was sent was true. And now the one who sent him is true. And Jesus is showing that solidarity with God the Father as Jesus wants now to show our solidarity with him. He wants to show the whole world that as, as he is, so are we in this world. He wants, he wants the, what they say about him, they say about us. What they say about us, they say about him. This is what God wants. If you are satisfied with a nice little relationship, a comfortable relationship with God, you might find yourself out of what God is doing in the earth today. Wow. Jesus says, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. Why don't you know because you've not accepted me? Then, but I know him, he says, and I'm from him, and he sent me. So Jesus is saying plainly to them, I am the Father. Now, now, now let me wrap up with this. Uh, he says in verse 30, therefore they sought to take him. They really wanted to take him. I'm going to tell you, I'm not a paranoid at all. 
I, I, I'm not worried about my life. God has caused me to live a long time now, and I'm excited about it. I wasn't too scared when I was younger. I mean, I didn't want to die young. I was like everybody else. I want to see my children grow up. My children are growing up. And now I'm not going to say to God, now, wait a minute, God, I want to see my grandchildren grow up. Because then I'll go, I want to see my grandchildren grow up. No. I said, I want to see my children grow up. I wanted them to be fine. I wanted you to grow up. But let me tell you what, what happened in this last story, verse 30. They sought to take him. And when you speak the truth, there are forces in the world that will, that will seek to take you. They want to drown your voice through lies and all dissimulation and all kinds of things that are wrong. They want to silence your voice. They, he says, they sought to. That's like saying they tried to take, to take him, but no one laid a hand on him. Why? Because his hour had not yet come. And God wants you to know that there's an hour for you. And we, unless your hour comes, even though they're trying, they're seeking to take hold of you. They can't. I'm saying don't be silent. Don't be silent. Whenever the Holy Spirit moves on you, you're to say something. You're not to use the Holy Spirit. For, oh, it's a goosebump. No, it's not a goosebump that God is after. It's, it's your response. It's your response to the Spirit of God. And I want you to respond. This is your day. This is your time because his hour had not come. And many of the people believed in him and said, when the Christ comes, will he do more signs than these which this man has done? Absolutely not because he is the Christ. And you are now Christians. You're little, little Christs is what that would mean. That's who you are. Are you ready? To do whatever Jesus wants. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless this house. I bless the people of God. I thank you that I'm alive during their day. I am so glad and so grateful to you for this company. I am so glad. I delight in calling them brother. I delight in calling them sister. I delight in calling some son and some daughter. I delight in our relationship. Thank you for making them as they are. And Father, I speak now by the Holy Spirit that the church's finest hour is upon us. When you will have raised up people who were not faithful, were not obedient, but now they're obedient. They were not sons, but now they are sons and daughters of God. I thank you for them. And many of them will be as it were an embarrassment to those of us who have known you for 50 and 60 years and sat down and did nothing. Because these believe like the blind man. They're saying, I was blind, but now I see. Who is this man? He's a sinner. He says, we know that God doesn't listen to sinners unless they're saying, forgive me, come into my heart. And you can do that today if you're a sinner. And I bless you. I said, I speak blessings, well-being, welfare, goodness over you and into you. In Jesus' name, amen.